Hey, welcome to Central Christian Church. If I haven't had the opportunity to meet you yet, uh, my name is, is Tim Perkins. I serve as one of the pastors here, and I'm so thankful that you've tuned in today. Here at Central, the whole reason that we exist collectively and individually is to help people find and follow Jesus. And one thing we just want to let you know right up front is we are imperfect people in progress. We, we don't have all the answers. We don't have it all figured out, but we're, we're following the one who, who does, and his name is, is Jesus. Well, happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Before we get started, thought it would be appropriate for us on this Father's Day weekend to kick off with a couple uh, of dad jokes. And so uh, I posted on social media last week uh, a couple questions. Just want to know what your favorite dad joke might be. And uh, here's one from, from Brittany all the way in, in South Florida, part of our Central Christian Church online family. And she, she shared this one. Uh, what did the ocean say to the shore? Uh, nothing. It just, just waved. Nate Mackey, uh, right here in the Bay, he said this one. Um, Have you ever seen an elephant hiding in a tree? No, they hide pretty good, don't they? My favorite from Ginny Impalazzeri. Uh, Since shelter in place order, I've been having a hard time telling jokes because they're all inside jokes. Come on, man, that's, that's funny. I don't care who you are, that's funny. Uh, well, if you're new to Central, man, we're so glad that you've tuned in. You've, you've picked the right weekend to jump in. We're kicking off a brand new series this weekend uh, called um, uh, Running With the Giants. There it is. And here's our theme verse for this entire series. This is gonna be our, our summer series. Our theme verse is found in Hebrews chapter 12. And it says this, therefore... And if you're studying the Bible, if you want to know how to study the Bible better, anytime you see the word therefore, you just got to figure out what it's there for. And if we could jump back to to Hebrews chapter 11, what we would discover is this, this kind of hall of fame of faith, these heroes of the faith, these giants of the faith who, who by great, great exploits and great demonstrations of their faith did big things for God, people like, like Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Rahab and Sarah and, and Deborah and Samson and Gideon and these, these heroes of the faith, they're, they're commended for their, their, their faith, their trust in God in the midst of challenging times, in the midst of obscurity, and, and many of them even gave up their life in following Jesus. And so, so it says this, therefore, in light of all of that, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of, of witnesses, like these heroes of the faith who've, who've gone on ahead of us. There's family members and people we love that are, are now in, in heaven, like this, this, this grandstand, this, this kind of uh, stadium feel, like these witnesses. Now they're, they're watching you as you run your way. So they said, let us throw off everything. Therefore, since we're surrounded by these heroes, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that just so easily trips us up and entangles us, let us run our race with, here's the word, perseverance. We gotta hang in there. Don't grow weary in doing good. Persevere in this, this race marked out for us. Now, now, how many of you know hindsight is, is 2020, right? Like if we could, could learn some things from these heroes of the faith, the way that they, they lived their life, some mistakes that they made, some of the things they got right, how much better could our life be? And, and I don't know if there's ever anything in your life that you wish you could take back, some things that you regret, some things you wish you could do over. I mean, hindsight is, is 2020 is the same. Uh, for, for me, in the most recent weeks, uh, we've been recording here and uh, in the evenings and getting ready for, for Sunday and, 
And after one of the, the messages I gave, uh, my beautiful wife, Tiffany, was there. And, and she, she's one of my biggest fans. She's also one of my biggest uh, coaches. Like, she just helps me with some blind spots. And, and so we got home right after giving a message. And, and, uh, and she said, hey, Tim, you know what? One thing that you need to work on is, is your satire. Like, you're, not, you're just not funny. I think you tried to be funny there, and it just, it just didn't land. As a matter of fact, Tim, I, I think... I think I could help you out with that. You know, I, this one pastor, he's really good at being funny. I'm going to send you some in this another pastor. Yep. And then maybe Jim Gaffigan. You could watch Jim Gaffigan, take some notes and just, just work on your humor. I think that would be really good. And, uh, and, and this is when it happened. Uh, fellows, the moment I regret, I started saying words. And as they were coming in my mouth, I was like, no, don't say it. Don't say it. And uh, my response to her her, her encouragement, which was true, and I needed to be able to receive that and make some adjustments. Uh, my response was, oh, yeah, you're going to send me some videos on how I can be more funny. Yeah, that's awesome. You know what? How, how's your exercise goals going? You know, I can send you some videos to help you with your exercise program. Let me, let, yeah, let me send you some of those videos. And I, as I'm talking, I'm like, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Rewind the track. And uh, much regret. Uh, what was had in that moment. My wife is beautiful. If anyone needs exercise videos, it's me. If anyone needs some coaching advice on how to be more fun, it's me. Like I just need to be able to receive it. But, but hindsight's twenty twenty. I wish I could go back. I wish I, wish I could rewind the tape. I wish I could, could delete that, that moment in time, but, but, but I can't. And so this summer, we're gonna get some perspective from people who have, have ran ahead of us, some of these, these witnesses in the grandstand. And, and this idea comes from John Maxwell in his book, we got a picture here for you, Running with the Giants. And then we're so creative, we just, we just snagged the title as well. But, but he poses this idea like, what if some of these heroes of our faith could step out of the grandstand? And because hindsight is 2020, they could, they could run a lap with us and, and teach us along the way, around the track of things they might do differently some things that they learned, some of these, these heroes of the faith, they could coach us as we run, run our lap. And what advice might they give us if they had just one lap to run around the track with us? Well, today I thought it would be appropriate to kick off with Abraham. Abraham is, is known as the father of our faith. And, and really from this man named Abraham, the three major religions come. Uh, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam all have their roots from this guy named Abraham. Therefore, he's known as the father of our faith. And I thought on Father's Day, it would be appropriate for us to, to run a lap around the track with Abraham. And so if Abraham could come alongside us today, out of the grandstands, onto the track, come alongside you and run in this season, whenever sometimes we, we have things happen that we, we don't know, some things, things happen that we're just not certain about, or there's some ambiguity in this season, when seasons don't make sense, I think Abraham, the father of our faith, will remind us of this, and this is our big idea today. God always does the right thing. Always, God always does the right thing. Even when you don't feel it, even when you don't see it, even when it doesn't make sense, he always does the right thing. Some people who, who don't believe like you believe, or, or some people who say, hey, you know what, I just can't go there. They would say, you know, the, the, the challenge with you, the problem with you is you have, have blind faith. And, uh, and, and I would just push back on this. I think there's a whole lot of reason 
for putting our faith in God and the God of the Bible makes, makes a whole lot of, there's a lot of logic, there's a lot of sound arguments for that, a lot of reasons for that, it's not blind faith. But I think what they're pointing to and something that, that we do embrace as Christians, as followers of God is delayed understanding. I don't know it all right now. Something's happened that just boggle my mind. I wish I had more solutions. I wish I had all the answers and it was all black and white, but the reality is it's not. And so we embrace this, this posture of delayed understanding. I don't know right now, but one day it will all be made clear. And while we don't always understand, we know God always does. He always does the right thing. My kids, they, sometimes they're like, I don't understand why I have to go to school. Dad, why do I have to do this work? And, and, and thankfully we're in summertime and, and some of the, the homeschooling moments are, are behind us. But, but even at that, they're like, why do I have to do this? And they don't understand why they have to know their ABCs. They don't understand why they have to, to know some, some basic math and, and, and go to school to get education. They don't understand it from this vantage point, but one day they will. And one day they'll be coaching their kids on why they got to get a good education and and on down the list, but from this vantage point, this posture of life, they don't understand. And honestly, I'm like that in a lot of ways. Sometimes at this moment in time, I don't understand what's happening, but I trust my father. He always does what's right. And, and I'm hanging on to hope in him. And so I would invite you at this moment, what are some things you don't understand? Some things that have happened to you that, that are really puzzling to you. Some things that have happened that are, are really hurt, hurt you and, and it makes you question, does God always do the right thing? Like, what is that thing in your life? I invite you to bring that to your mind right now as we run a lap around the track with this guy named Abraham because Abraham can relate. Some things happened in his life that he didn't understand. Some things happened that didn't, didn't make sense and his life experience speaks to that situation in your life. And mine. And so we're going to look at three examples, three observations from Abraham's, Abraham's life. Uh, here, here's the first uh, passage we're going to look at. It's found in Genesis chapter 15, uh, 1 through 6. And so here, here's what it says. Uh, After this, the word of the Lord came to, to Abram in a vision. Now, at this point, uh, Abraham is discouraged. Abraham has received a promise from God and it's not happening. He, he's, he, he's a little bit depressed. He's a little bit down in the dumps. And so God shows up and he gives him a vision. And, and I believe this is true for you. I believe this is true for me. And, and, and sometimes whenever God gives us a promise, he's going to try to help us to see from his perspective. He's going to try. It doesn't always work. Maybe it's going to be a conversation with a buddy on the back porch. Maybe it's going to be a text that you get from a friend. Maybe it's going to be a, 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 something a pastor says in a message like this. Maybe it's going to be in your own time, uh, just in solitude, you and God. God's going to give you a snapshot, try to give you some perspective on what he's doing, what he's up to. He's going to, he gives Abraham a vision. And, and here's what he says. He says, don't be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, a very great reward. He's encouraging him. Abraham, lift up your chin. Everything, I got you. Don't be afraid. I'm your shield, your great reward. What a good word. It goes on to say this. But Abram said, sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I am, here's the problem, I'm childless. And the one who will inherit my estate is, is Eliezer of Damascus. Like, I don't have any kids, and so my, my servant is going to get this inheritance. I don't have anyone to pass it on to except for, for Eliezer. And Abraham said, you have given me no children, so a servant of my household will, will be the heir. The important thing to note is that God told Abraham in the midst of his discouragement, in the midst of his confusion, 
God's promise still stands. And God, God tries to get Abraham to see it, tries to get you and I to see it, but, but sometimes we struggle to see it. And then it goes on to say this. Then the word of the Lord came to him. Here, here's what I want you to see, Abraham. This man will not be your heir, but, but a son will, of your own flesh and blood will be your heir. Then he goes on to say this. He took him outside. I'm trying to get you to see what I'm, I'm seeing here, Abraham. Look up at the stars and, and, and see, can you count them? If indeed you can. Then he said to him this, so shall your offspring be. Abraham, you're worried about not having one child. I'm going to make your, your children so numerous, you, you can't even count them on. Abraham believed the Lord, and it was credited to him as, as righteousness. Here's the challenge, though. Even though Abraham believes him right now in this moment, over time, as, as time passes, sometimes our, our belief, our confidence in the promises of God can begin to wane. And, and so here's the reminder. Here's the first point if you're taking notes. Uh, God always does the right thing, even if it takes a long time, a long time. And sometimes time can be the enemy of, uh, of our hope and our faith. It just creeps in and doubt, doubt creeps in. But here's a, go to the next chapter in Genesis 16. Some time has passed. And now, now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. But she said, I, I have an Egyptian maid servant named, named Hagar. So, so she said to him, uh, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my maidservant. Perhaps I can build a family through her. And here's the problem, fellas. On Father's Day, Abram agreed to what Sarah said. Now, we don't have to be the smartest man in the room to know this is a recipe for disaster. But Sarah's like, you know what? Lord, you haven't, you, haven't, you haven't helped me here. Like you put me in this bad spot. God, you haven't, you haven't come through. So now I have to take matters into my own hands. And how often do we do the same thing that, that Sarah does and it, and it backfires. And so, so her, her, her maidservant, Hagar, does have a child uh, named Ishmael. And now that's where um, the, the Muslim faith is kind of, kind of rooted in uh, rather than this, this on the promise with Abraham and, and Sarah where, where Judaism and, and Christianity find their, their roots. But we live in this microwave society, don't we? We want it right now. And Sarah wasn't really willing to wait. So she, she takes matters into her own hands. And, and honestly, like I can fall into that trap as well. It reminds me of this, this story. This guy was having a conversation with God and he said, God, how, <laughs> a million years, what's a million years like to you? And God said, well, a million years is like one second. He says, wow, that's awesome. Uh, God, what's, what's a million bucks? Tell me what's a million bucks like to you? He's like, a million bucks, that's just like one penny. And so the man says to God, God, can I, can I have a couple pennies? And God's like, yeah, sure, just, just hang on a second, right? But we want it now. We don't want to wait. Like, like we want what we want and we, we want it quick. Check out this, this passage in 2 Peter. It's about perspective. The Lord, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promises as some understand slowness. The, the problem's not God's speed. The problem is my understanding. Instead, he, he's patient with us, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. God's time and my time are not the same. If he promised it, it's going to happen. It might not happen when I want, might not happen the way I want, but, but he's not slow. I just, need to, I just need to have better perspective, better understanding. So 
So the first point is, is God always does the right thing, even if it takes a long time. And here's the second one. If you're taking notes, write this one down. God always does the right thing, even if it seems absurd. Like, this is crazy. This is crazy. And I think this is what, what Abraham would say to us. God's going to do the right thing in your life, even if what he's promised is absurd. In Genesis 18, we read this. Uh, then the Lord said, Surely I will return about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now, now Sarah was listening at the entrance of the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already old, like they're old, they're well advanced in years. And Sarah was past the age of childbearing, like, God, what you've promised, what you're saying right now, it is absurd. This makes, makes no sense. Let's go to the next slide here. So Sarah laughed. Because it's so crazy, it's so absurd. She laughed to herself and thought, after I'm worn out and my master is old, will I now have this pleasure? Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, will I really have a child now that I'm old? And here's the question for them, here's the question for you. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Your situation, your circumstance, what you're wrestling with today, here's the question, is it, is it too hard for the Lord? And that's what, what God asked Abraham and Sarah is, is this thing too hard for me? I will return at the, the appointed time. I think that's important. It's not, not my time, it's God's time. It's an appointed time next year and Sarah will have a son. Listen, sometimes things seem absurd. Uh, oftentimes I, they don't make sense. I don't, I don't understand. But listen, if God has given you a promise, here's the question, is it too hard for him? We might not see it, might not know how it's gonna happen, but if he said it, it'll be done. Here's what they said in Romans. Uh, Romans 4, 19 through 21, it says, so, so this is Abraham again, w without weakening in his faith, he, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Like, not a whole lot of hope there. Since he was about 100 years old, I mean, this dude is old, and that Sarah's womb was dead. He's as good as dead, her womb's dead, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise. Listen, he faced the facts, and I think that's important. We gotta face the facts. Like, in your situation, in your circumstance, don't ignore the facts, you face the facts. But here's the trump card to every fact. He had a promise from God. But since he had this promise from God, he was strengthened in his faith and he gave glory to God being fully persuaded, fully convinced, regardless of the facts, that the promise is greater than the facts, that God has the power to do what he has promised. In your situation, don't ignore the facts, but hang on to the promise and be strengthened in your faith. Give glory to God. I don't know how it's gonna happen, but God, you're a God who created the universe and nothing is too hard for you. Hang on to the promise, believe for a breakthrough. Here's the third observation as we run the lap with Abraham. God always does the right thing, even when I don't understand. There's some things in life I don't understand. There's a lot in 2020 that's happened. I don't understand. I got an email a while back about uh, some things that happened that, that we just don't don't understand, maybe you thought of some of these. Uh, ever wonder why women can't put on mascara with their eyes closed or their mouth closed? Like they're always like, their mouth's always, I don't understand it. I don't understand how that works. Uh, I don't understand why abbreviated is such a long, 
Long word. That doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand that. I don't understand why, why the men who invest our money are called brokers. That doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand why the time of day that the traffic is the slowest, we call it rush hour. Uh, you, you know that little black box that they always find on planes after they crash? I don't understand why they don't just make the whole plane out of that stuff. Like, just make the whole stuff out of that, that make it out of that, and then I'll be more comfortable putting it on my, my seatbelt. I don't understand why they call apartments when they're really, like, all together. They're not, a, they're not apart, they're together. I don't understand. I don't understand why phonetic is spelled, isn't spelled like it sounds. Uh, it's, it's like this. This is, how it's, this is how it sounds, but this is how it's spelled. This is why hooked on phonics didn't work for me. I'm like, doesn't make, doesn't make sense. I, I don't understand. I don't understand why we drive on parkways and we park on driveways. I don't understand if airplanes are so safe, why do they call the thing that you walk on before you get onto the plane a terminal? I don't understand. There's a whole lot in life I don't understand. And, and Abraham gets this. Because we've been talking this whole time about this promise that he's going, to have, he's going to have a child. And we come to Genesis chapter 22, and now Abraham has a son, and his name is Isaac. But God asked Abraham to do the unthinkable and to lay down Isaac's life, to sacrifice him. It doesn't make sense. I don't understand. Abraham didn't understand. But here's what it says in Hebrews 11, 17 through 19. It says, by faith... When God tested him, and that's important, God's testing him in this situation. Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice, even though God had said, it's through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could do whatever God wants. And if God's asking me to lay down Isaac's life, I'm just believing God can, he can raise the dead because we serve a big God. And sometimes he does stuff that I don't, I just don't understand. Here's the deal. Uh, I, I couldn't do that. <laughs> I, 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 if God asked me to do something, like, I would just be like, nah, I don't think, nope, I'm, I'm tapping out, tapping out on this one. And here's the opportunity for me in that when I realize things like that. It's for me to get to know God better because Abraham knew God at such a level that he knew he was good even when he didn't understand, that he knew that he was powerful and he could raise the dead even when what he was asking him to do did not make sense in a logical way. And so for me, my challenge is just to, I just need to get to know God better, to know his heart, to know his character, to know his track record, to know that I can trust him even when I don't understand. Here's what the psalmist said in Psalms 9, 10. It says, those who know you, those who, those who know your name, that's important. You, you gotta, you, those who know God, here's what they do. They trust. And here's the thing about trust. I don't need to trust when I have full understanding. When everything logically falls into line and makes sense to me, I don't need faith. But there's times that, that I don't understand and it calls on, on, on trust. It calls on faith. And he says, those who know your name, they trust in you. For you, Lord, you got a great track record. You've never forsaken those who seek you. We can trust him. And here's the deal. If my understanding of God is a prerequisite for me to be obedient to him, then my obedience will always be limited and, and shriveled down to the size of my brain. Because some things God does, it doesn't make sense. Some things he asks us to do in his word doesn't make sense. But here's what I know. To the degree that I apply them is the degree that I find them to be true. Because those, those who know him, they, they trust 
And he, he doesn't let us down. He, he, he's never forsaken those who, who seek him. And so sometimes it's not all going to make sense in your mind or my mind. But that's where faith is involved. That's where trust comes in to play. Okay, so we're, we're running with Abraham and we've, we've gone around the track. We're rounding the corner. We're in the home stretch. Abraham, what would, might be some final words that you would share with us in our time before you step back into the grandstands? And here, here's a final word as we wrap up with Abraham. I think it's this. If you're taking notes, write it down. Don't make earth your home. Abraham, he lived with this perspective that, that, that even though he had all this stuff, all these material possessions, he, he did not make earth his home. And, and here's, here's why. Here's what it says in Hebrews 11. It says, by faith, he made, he made his home in the, the promised land like, like a stranger. He, he received the promised land, but he, he lived there like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and, and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to a city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. Abraham lived with this perspective. It allowed him to trust. It allowed him to, to know in the moments of life where, where everything seems volatile, nothing seems to be on solid ground. This is not my home. I'm just passing through. And so I'm going to trust God. I'm going to hang on, even if it takes a long time, even if it seems absurd, even if I don't understand, this is not my home. And God, I'm anchoring myself in you because you are the builder. You are the architect. You're the one who's building my, my, my permanent residence. And I'm, I'm hanging on to that. Here's what he would say as well. If you're taking notes, write this down. Don't make earth your home. Live with an eternal perspective. What we see is temporary. What is unseen is eternal. How am I investing my life today? Am I investing in, in temporary things because I'm, I'm making my, my estate here? Or am I investing things that are going to matter for eternity because I'm, I'm anchoring my hope in another, another land? Here's what it says in, in Hebrews 11. This hall of fame, of faith chapter. And I, I invite you to read it. It'll, it'll strengthen your faith. Here's what it says in Hebrews 11. And, and so from one man, this is Abraham, he was, he was as good as dead. Abraham, his, his body was as good as dead, came descendants, as numerous as the stars in the sky. The promise came true and was as countless as sand on the seashore. And here's what you need to know about this reality. Abraham didn't see it in his lifetime. He had to live with an eternal perspective. And some things that, that God promises because he's not operating on our timeline, we don't always understand. It seems absurd, but this has happened. His descendants are as numerous as the stars in the sky. And here's the deal, you're one of them. And though Abraham might not have seen you, you're part of the promise. God always comes through. Keep eternity in mind. It goes on to say this in Hebrews 11. It says, all these people were still, all these people, all these heroes of the faith, they were still living by faith when they died. And they did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from, from a far distance. And, and they admitted that they were aliens and strangers here on earth. And check this out. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. I mean, here's the deal. Don't make earth your home. Live with eternal perspective in mind. Let me just ask you, as you're investing your time, 
As you're investing your, your energy, your resources, are you investing those things with an eternal perspective or for temporary comfort? As we, we come to a close with our time with Abraham, I think he would encourage you, he would implore you, the last words that perhaps he would say to you is don't make earth your home. Live with eternity in mind. And remember the advice from the father of our faith. God always does the right thing. Check out this next slide. Um, uh, I missed this verse, but it's in your notes. You can read it later. Check out this next one. Don't make earth your home. Live with an eternal perspective. And here's the reminder from today. God always does the right thing. Even if it takes a long time, he's going to do the right thing. Even if it seems absurd, maybe he's given you a promise. You're like, I don't know. My current reality doesn't make sense. I can't compute. I can't connect the dots. This seems absurd. Listen, he's going he's to make good on his promise. God always does the right thing, even if I don't, even if I don't understand. Let's pray. God, I, I thank you that you always do the right thing. I thank you, God, that your ways are not my ways. Your timeline's not my timeline. But Father, you always do the right thing. And I thank you, God, for the reminder from the father of our faith that we should live with an eternal perspective. We, we eagerly await for a home not here. We eagerly await for a time when there is no more crying, there is no more weeping, there's no more pain, there's no more sorrow, and we can be in your presence unhindered by this, this body, this life of, of sin and, and fallen nature, God, and we can know you fully, even as we're fully known. And God, we just thank you for that reality. And God, today for all the dads watching, God, may we be men of faith, just like Abraham was. God, would you allow courageous faith to rise in our hearts, to trust you, even in the midst of obscurity and in the midst of absurdity. God, I pray you give us such faith today. In Jesus' name, amen.